Biblical encouragement to Christian husbands, next on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. We're excited to open God's Word with you as we seek to build our lives and families on the solid foundation of Christ and His Word. Today on Abounding Grace, we continue Pastor Ed Taylor's series, Family Matters. Along the way, we're uncovering God's heart and design for the family. Today, Pastor Ed Taylor will address all of us husbands and encourage us to be who God has called us to be. Let's turn to Ephesians 5 and see how to love our wives. One day, men, we're going to need to present our wives to the Lord. I don't know how that works. I'm not sure. But let me put it a different way. One day, men, we're going to give account for how we led our homes. And one thing that's not going to fly uh, in the presence of God is this phrase. It's her fault. Whatever is her fault is going to be her fault. But when you're standing before the Lord, it's you that will be giving account for your life and your leadership. Even as Jesus, notice, it says in verse 27 that he might present her to himself, a glorious church. Your motive is to present to the Lord a glorious wife through your service, your sacrifice, and your spiritual leadership. I think about in the room today, how many successful men are here? Successful in your career, successful perhaps in your hobby, you look back maybe in your latter years and you're like, man, I've lived a successful life. I've accomplished the goals that I've had and I've, I've made these accomplishments. I, I've stayed in the same job or, you know, you can think of a thousand things that you, well, God wants you to be more successful as a husband than any of your accomplishments. He wants you to give the same kind of care and attention to your husbandry as you do to your hobby and as you do to your career. And as I mentioned in 1 Peter, when I taught through that, one of the decisions, I didn't know that it was going to be such a beneficial decision for me, but one of the decisions that I made as a husband early on is that I just made my wife and kids my hobby. I don't have a hobby. I don't do much. Um, maybe I could or should, but I don't. I mean, I guess if I do have a hobby, it's reading, but most everything I read is about the things of the Lord so that I might be a, a better husband, a better pastor. But my hobby is my wife. That's who I want to hang out with. That's who I want to talk to. My kids, raising them. Of course, we've raised our kids into adulthood now. And now Marie and I have to deal with a semi-empty nest. But it's not that big a deal because we've been waiting for this forever. <laughs> I mean, if you look back in our marriage, there's never been a time when we didn't have kids because we started out backwards. And so launching into a new season, this is just how I've chosen to live my life. And, and it'll all be sorted out. I hope Marie's appreciate it. I hope the kids appreciate it. But as it all gets sorted out, like, you know, one of the big difficulties that we learned during COVID was, is that a lot of families were all messed up because they had to spend so much time together in the same house, together, a lot, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that had some negative results. But for Marie and I, that's pretty much how we've been living our lives. We have just spent a lot of time together. 
So with COVID and all the things, the restrictions, like, well, just more time together. It didn't really have an effect because a tendency for men is to waste their time, their precious, valuable time outside of the home. And you just have to understand when you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. When you sow to the flesh in any other way, you're going to reap corruption. And it's about at this time in the message, you can kind of feel the room. I hope you do. I feel it. That, you know, my husbands are like, Ed, 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 you have gotten too close. And you might even start to be upset. And you go, I'm not you, and I don't have to do it like you, and I, whatever it is. But listen, God wants your home in order. This is, these aren't marching orders to become a tyrant, to become a dictator. That's not what Paul says at all. I mean, some of you, this verse just awakens in you a desire to pay attention to your wife. As the direction is, husbands, love your wives. You know, wives, you had a hard time perhaps with submission. You had no reason to tell me what to do. But you learned that submission's a beautiful thing of worship. Beautiful to give within the home. And that it's not difficult to submit to a husband that loves you. <laughs> It's not difficult to say, no, let's go on. Let's go together. Let's accomplish this together because we'll be the strongest together than we ever will be individually. But men, you just got to get outside of the, of the habit of just blaming your wife for everything. It, it's not your wife's fault. It's like, well, Ed, you don't know my wife. I know she said I wasn't Jesus Christ last week. Well, she's no Jesus Christ either. And so what do you do? You find every wrinkle every spot, every blemish in your wife spiritually, and that's all you want to talk about. That's all you want. That's, that's at the forefront. You don't understand. She used to be, but she is now. She used to be, but she is now. You know, she doesn't want to read. She doesn't want to pray. She doesn't want. It's all, okay, there's obviously wrinkles, and there's blemishes, and there's spots in all of us. Of course she has faults, and of course she has problems, and here you are, you know, I don't like this about her. And if she would just, then our marriage would. But I want you to consider something, and it's, it's kind of tucked away in an obscure passage that it would be easy to read over. And, and let me show you. Turn over to 1 Corinthians with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Right, you got to see this, especially you guys. Um, you know, and even guys, you don't have a Bible right now, you should get a Bible. And you should use it and carry it and read it and let the Holy Spirit, you need a Bible. You, you, you can't just sit around like you want to lead. You want to show your wife that you're in the word. And so you need a Bible or, you know, if it's up on your phone or iPad, that's fine. But you need a word that is obviously showing that you're interested, that, that you're the example, that you're leading. And I mean, just think about it. You, you, being in a church without a Bible, I mean, no, that's not, it's not. I was trying to think of an example, like being in McDonald's without a Big Mac or something. I don't know. I can't think of one. <laughs> It's one of those things I, I can't think of. So let's get back to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So this is so important. And, and it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I don't know, I've read that before. I never saw it. So, so you've, got, you've got the ability to see every spot, every wrinkle, every difficulty in your, in your wife. And if she would just, then you would just. Notice with me in verse 7, chapter 11, verse 7. Uh, and notice what is being said here. It says, for a man indeed ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God. Pause there for a second. 
You've probably read this before and you go, what does face co- head coverings and all that have to ever do with me? And you just kept reading through 1 Corinthians and you missed something that's super important that reflects back on your leadership. So, you know, again, this is cultural. He's talking to the church in Corinth about how to operate so they might be a good witness in their culture. And then he says in, at the end of verse seven, mark this, the woman is the glory of man. This word glory could also be translated reflection. Right? So we understand that here the image and the glory of God. You, have built, you and I have been created in the image of God. And then within the creative order, the woman is the reflection or the glory of man. You go, hey, what, what does that mean? Well, your wife is a reflection of you. Your wife is a reflection of the husband in the home. And if our wives have faults and failures, and our wives are spiritually lacking, the first place... For you to go, you know, you're like, you don't understand, Ed, and you see this in here, and you see this in here, and you see this, and you're trying to convince me. The first place you need to go with any difficulties with your wife is right into the bathroom and look in the mirror. Look in the mirror and take responsibility for your leadership first. Because whatever your wife is reflecting is partially or more than partially due to your leadership. Now, Am I saying that you are fully responsible for all the sinful decisions of your spouse? Of course not. But your wife, as much as there's a need to submit in the marriage relationship, there is a natural following. And whether you like it or not, she's been following you or somewhere along the way decided not to follow your leadership anymore. That's why when you make a decision in a study like this, it's like a shock to your home because you've gotten comfortable with the way it's been. And you just kind of live to that lower level and you have misinterpreted peace, you know, quiet lack of fighting as the way of the Lord, but it's not. And so it's a shock. You're like, what? And so a husband gets excited and starts to go and lead. And then there's a natural resistance because, oh man, oh, Mr. Husband wants to lead now. Bible study, yes. And so you go back to what? Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. And if you both choose, look at how fast the Lord can work in your home. Before the fingers of blame come out, husbands, before the words of accusation fly, how's your spiritual life personally? Because here's the tragedy. Those feelings of anger and disgust often lead a man to neglect his wife. If all you do is focus of the blemishes and the spots and the wrinkles spiritually, in your wife, then you're going to be very angry, maybe even resentful, perhaps even disgusted to the point where you're going to neglect her. And her response to neglect, her response to your hard heart is going to be a hard heart. And then both of you have hard hearts. And you know how that ends? Divorce. That's how it ends. You start hearing things like, well, I don't feel like I love anymore. And all the, all the types of spiritual warfare that comes simply because we don't come back to what's basic. Basic. I love how God makes things simple for us. He's not saying that marriage is simple, but the responsibilities that we have within the marriage, those are simple. And we need to get back to simplicity. Spiritual love is the cement that keeps the home together. It's what makes leadership and submission to leadership possible. In sacrificial love, husband washes his wife with the, water, with the water of the word 
and speaking to her words of, for life and godliness, ironing out. Isn't the Lord ironing out the wrinkles and spots in your life? I mean, which one of us stand here without any problem spiritually in our life? God is ironing them out, teaching us. That's the process that we notice in verse 27 that we should be, that the wife should be holy and without blemish, that the church should be holy and without blemish. Which brings us to the third point today. Not only are men to love sacrificially and spiritually, but thirdly, they're also to love their wives strongly. Notice again in verse 28. So, because of the motive of Christ, what he's doing in our life, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And now Paul's taking us back to the oneness But he says, if you're looking for an example, look to God the Father, his sacrificial love. If you're looking for an example, husbands, look to Jesus Christ and his love for the church. And if you're looking at an example for love, look at yourself and how good you take care of yourself. This is not so much the care and concern of our bodies physically, although that can be an application of some guys are just totally into their bodies, into health and all of that. That can be. But that's not really what Paul's addressing here. What Paul's addressing here is a selfishness that puts yourself first. And I'll tell you, that's in difficult times in marriages, a lot of times it's because the husband's not loving his wife because he loves himself more. It's not a lack of love. It's a lack of where love goes. And so he says, hey, Just understand, nobody hates themselves. Everybody loves themselves. So much so that they will cherish and nourish themselves. And those are beautiful words as they're applied to our wives. A nourishing love, the idea behind this word is to nurture and care for. And a cherishing love has the idea in the original language to keep warm, to care with tender care, to value. And that's the type of love that will bless a wife. The kind of nourishing and cherishing love that Jesus has for us. If you love your wife as Jesus loved you and do to her what Jesus has done with you, you choose to wash her with the word and pray with her, pray for her, you will take her to spiritual heights. You'll take your marriage to another level. Along with that, you also choose to get rid of things that are harming your marriage, get rid of worldly things. I think of how many husbands have wrecked their marriage through pornography. I think of how much pornography is in this room right now. And you think that that is cherishing and honoring your wife? It's the exact opposite. I think of maybe the flirting or the things that are going on. You think that cherishes? You know, I remember talking to guys. It's like, well, you know, you can look, but you can't touch. No, you can't look. No. What do you mean? What, what is that? What message does that send to your wife? What, what, what do you think? This is everybody it says, love your own wife. Isn't that what it says? Did you guys see that in the Bible? It's your own wife. No, you can't do things like that. But that's kind of how the world has taught us. That's the model of manhood in the world. But that's not the model of Christ. He is singular focused on you and me today. He is singularly caring and nourishing and cherishing. As we learned last time, being honest with one another, talking to one another. Wives desire this 
gentle, caring, loving interest from their husbands. They don't want to be pushed around or bullied. Now, don't misunderstand me either. Like, you have to have some new personality. Like, she married you because she likes you. I hope. I mean, I'm sure she did like you at one time. And you liked her. And then life happened, and the kids happened, and bills happened, and, and then the simple things got neglected, and now, man, you're so much farther away than what you started as, but you liked each other. It's not like you have to become somebody other than you are. What God is asking you is for you to take who you are and submit it to Christ. But you're not going to be a bully, and you're not going to push your wife around. Marriage is a picture of relationship, and the relationship is between Jesus and his church. Jesus doesn't push you around. He doesn't guilt trip you. He doesn't manipulate you. He leads you like a shepherd. And as a shepherd leads us, we follow the shepherd. And that's to be the husband in the home. You are the shepherd of your home. You are the pastor of your home. You are the priest of your home, responsible, not just to put food on the table. I know a lot of men, they'll just run out, run out, and, and they're working. Now, I'm not speaking to the guy that has to work two jobs just to make ends meet. I'm not speaking to that. I'm speaking to the guy that's doing two jobs because he wants to get ahead, and he wants to get ahead. So he's working, 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 but eventually he's working so he stays away from home. And you know, it would be great to use that energy to invest in your wife. Maybe you need less. Maybe you drive a different car or you live in a different house so that you can have a home. <laughs> and you focus on your wife and you minister to her and you don't try to avoid her and use different things to say, well, you know, I just want to get ahead, Ed. Yeah, relationship, marriage is a relationship. Jesus pours himself into us. He has your best interests at heart. Husbands, love your wife sacrificially. Love them spiritually. Love them strongly. And then finally, love your wife wholeheartedly. Give yourself wholly to your wife. What does it say in verse 31? For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In your marriage, you are a new entity, a new family. You, you are required to leave your father and mother and to cling to your husband and wife, period. This is a direction that's repeated to the husband. It's repeated to the husband. You are supposed to leave your father and mother and give your wife wholehearted, complete attention and commitment. That is marriage. Marriage is a new relationship that requires the husband no longer cling to his mom or his dad. That is a big problem, you know. There is a big problem of husbands in particular not cutting the apron strings with their mom. Not so much dad, but sometimes it's dad. Most of the time it's mom. You see, when you get married, when we got married, we were to leave our former family unit and create a new family unit. That's not to the neglect of our mom and dad, or it's a different relationship now. Parents, we are raising our kids, teaching them and leading them, so that they might too get married, if that's God's will in their life, and start a new family. We're, we're to raise our kids to launch them off into this world, ready as full, complete adults, ready to take on the world like you did. And so not only is there a conscious decision for us as husbands and wives to leave our father and mother, but listen, moms and dads, you have a responsibility to make it easy for your kids to leave you. Firsthand, I've witnessed the interference of in-laws, 
that have made life miserable for children. Not making it easy. You have a responsibility. Make it easy for them. May, may help them. I mean, put their stuff outside if you need to. Help them. But you know what I mean. You, you aren't there meddling. You're not there as a busybody. You're not there critiquing their spouse. They're not there going, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. As much as you husbands can't be going, you know, my mom used to cook it this way. All right, dude, go let your mom cook it then. <laughs> well, you know, my mom did it this way and my family did it this way. Fantastic. You have a new family now. And this is the woman you married. And you're to learn to show her preference and love in how she chooses to run her home. And it really is an agreement between you two. But if you start playing that, well, this is what my mom did, this is what my mom did, you're going to ruin your marriage. Because as much as we love what your mom did, you have a new relationship. So parents, make it easy for your kids to enjoy their new relationship. Don't make it harder for them. It's hard enough, isn't it? Marriage is hard enough. They have meddling in-laws that get involved and make things very miserable for the poor kids. And we step back and give them the word and encourage them in the Lord. Pastor Ed Taylor reminding us husbands of our role and responsibility. He'll share one final thought in a moment here on Abounding Grace. If you joined us late or would just like to give this a second listen, go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Have you had a chance to download our app? Now, this is another great way to take in the teaching of God's Word and download it for free today by searching for Ed Taylor. You'll also find us on Apple Podcasts. You know, we really enjoy hearing from our listeners. Even just a quick hello telling us the station you listen to means a lot. Maybe you didn't realize it, but Pastor Ed reads them. Let us know how we can pray for you, too. You can email us through the website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Hey, this is Pastor Ed from Abounding Grace Radio, and just want to let you know that I released a new book. It's called Face Your Fears. In it, I want to encourage you in all the difficult, worrisome things that are encircling our lives right now. Maybe you're feeling it yourself. Fear. It's real. And fear and anxiety are at all-time highs. As a pastor, I want to walk you through as you consider your fears, that you might feel stuck, that the Lord would encourage you and strengthen you to respond biblically to the fears that are before us. And, and I don't want people to make fun of you. Like, it's not a bad thing to respond to scary things in fear. But here's the key. We want to be very careful how we respond. You'll learn all of this in this little mini book called Face Your Fears. You can get it on our website at calvaryco.store calvaryco.store. I think it'll be good for you, and I think it'll be really good to pick up some copies as gifts to encourage others in the Lord. As promised, here's Pastor Ed to close things out. Friends, brothers, Christians, sisters in the Lord, God's responsibilities in the marriage are so profoundly simple. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. It's not complicated. It's not difficult to figure out Sometimes it's challenging to apply. I get that. But you have a built-in help inside of you. The Holy Spirit is here to help you be the husband and the wife that you actually want to be. I know you want to be happy in your marriage. I know. God wants you to be happy in your marriage. I know you want to be, have a home filled with joy and pleasant riches in all the rooms, like the proverb says. Yeah, so does God. He wants you to have that too. 
He wants you to be happy, but even when things are not so happy, he wants you to enjoy each other and enjoy his presence. And I pray that God's spirit would supernaturally support our marriages and reignite a flame of passion and love among us in our homes for years to come or until the Lord returns for his church. I mean, who knows? You know, you may look back and go, well, there we are. We've been married 70 years, 60 years, maybe like this couple. Maybe one day this can be your testimony. I read recently of a husband and a wife. They were talking together one night, beginning to think back on the many years of their marriage, 60 years of marriage, and all the love that they've shared. And so the wife looks at the husband and says, you know what, honey? When you were younger, you used to nibble on my ear. And the husband gets up and starts to walk out of the room. And the wife says, hey, where are you going? And he says, got to go get my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And on that humorous note, we'll say goodbye, but come back tomorrow when we'll dig into Ephesians 6 and see that kids matter to God and they should matter to us. More Family Matters coming up next time on Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.